The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. This is Rainmaker FM, the digital marketing podcast network. It's built on the Rainmaker platform, which empowers you to build your own digital marketing and sales platform. Start your free 14-day trial at rainmakerplatform.com. These are the Writer Files, a tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of working writers. From online content creators to fictionists, journalists, entrepreneurs, and beyond. I'm your host, Kelton Reed, writer, podcaster, and mediaphile. And each week, we'll find out how great writers keep the ink flowing, the cursor moving, and avoid writer's block. Author Andy Weir, the New York Times bestselling author of The Martian, dropped by to chat with me about his writing process and the upcoming movie adaptation of his hit book, directed by Ridley Scott and starring Matt Damon. The author's journey to number one on the New York Times bestsellers list began as a humble series of blog posts and grew enough interest to demand self-publishing to Amazon. When The Martian's popularity skyrocketed, traditional publisher Random House called, and the rest is history. From software engineer to sci-fi phenom, Andy's a down-to-earth writer and a self-described space nerd who still answers all of his fan mail. Join us for this two-part interview. In part one of The File, Andy Weir and I discuss how a science geek became a best-selling author, the power of setting word counts, one great trick for improving your dialogue, why your writer's block may just be laziness, how your enthusiasm doesn't always determine the quality of your writing, and the creative power of a walk and a hot shower. If you enjoy the Writer Files podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers find us. Thanks for listening. Mr. Andy Weir, thank you very much for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to join me on The Writer Files. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you stopping by. I know in the run-up to the adaptation of your incredibly popular book, The Martian, you're just running around and doing a ton of interviews, which is really exciting. Yeah, I've been crazy busy. I'm kind of looking forward to when all this dies down a little bit and I can uh, get back into my cave and continue writing. I haven't (laughs) written a word in weeks. Okay, well, that's good to know. It's a good caveat for uh, listeners, but it's exciting to have you on to kind of pick your brain about your process. So I'd like to talk about you, the author. For listeners who may not be familiar with your really, really cool story, who are you and what is your area of expertise as a writer? Well, I'm Andy Weir, and I wrote The Martian, 
and I don't know how I would define my area of expertise. I spent 25 years as a computer programmer, so that's the only thing I consider myself an expert at. I am a space enthusiast, and so I know a lot more than a layman about um, space and spacecraft and space travel, but I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. I enjoy doing research, I'm big into math and science, and I like accurate, hard sci-fi. Very cool. Yeah, you're unlike a lot of writers that I know because you actually like math. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really more of a science geek who managed to write than a writer who managed to do math. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like writing, it does not come easily for me. It's, <laughs> I had to do a lot of it before I finally made something that didn't suck. Well, I mean, it's incredibly compelling writing and it is, it's a fascinating story. Obviously, I encourage listeners to pick up The Martian, but, but where can they find your writing? You mean like online? Yes. Or? Ah, the easiest way to describe it is just Google Andy Weir writing. I have a website, but it's like old school. It's been around since about year 2000. And so it has a big stupid URL that would be very difficult to say over a podcast. So <laughs> if you Google for Andy Weir writing, you'll find my general dumping ground for my creative works. And you'll see everything that's worthwhile is there, except for The Martian, of course, which I no longer have the ability to give away for free. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And yeah, that's a great book. So what are you presently working on? I'm working on my next book now, tentatively titled Zhek, Z-H-E-K. It's a more traditional science fiction story. It's less technical accuracy and more, you know, crazy fun. Uh, there are aliens, there's faster than light travel and stuff like that. But done my own way. I have this little kernel of made-up physics that isn't in conflict with real physics and, you know, all the uh, kind of like seemingly magical technology is based on that. That must be kind of a relief. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, see, the thing, when you start making up physics, if you're an analytical dorky guy like me or like any of my readers, you start immediately asking questions on how to take advantage of it, right? Yeah. So if you're like, well, wait a minute, I see, you know, According to this, this is how this, you know, warp drive or whatever works. But that means I should be able to send information back in time. Or that means I should be able to, yeah, hey, this, this ends up with positive energy. I, you've just created a perpetual motion machine or, and so on. And so you, you have to be really careful when making up fake physics if, you're, if your readers are scientifically minded folks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I've got a pretty good system, though. I think I've got a system that you can't. You can't violate any real physics with. It's just some additional things, you know. Awesome. I'll come to you with any fake physics that I need help with. Yeah, definitely. Good, good idea. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to get into your productivity a little bit as a writer. How much time per day would you say when you're really getting into a project, are you reading or doing research for said project? Well, research quite a lot. I would say, well, when I'm, so right now I'm like completely unproductive in terms of writing. I just... It's all interviews and media and, and stuff like that, you know, for the run up to the release of the film. Yeah. But when that's not happening, <laughs> I would say I spend maybe an hour or two a day on research or, you know, just non uh, like working on the book in ways other than actually writing prose. Sure, sure. And before you get into a, a writing session, do you have any other pregame rituals or practices to kind of get you in the mode? 
Not really. I mean, I've kind of got to edge into it. I've got to guilt myself into it at first, you know, because I'm sitting at my computer and I'm goofing off and I'm like, all right, come on. <laughs> you got to get some work done. And like procrastination seems to be a critical step. <laughs> sure. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow. Mercy is the bow. A DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Do you find yourself when you're in the midst of a project writing every day? Well, I try to. And when I, I mean, before all the chaos with the uh, film release, I would write every day and I would set myself a word limit nice. just to give myself a motivation. Yeah. And are you committing to a certain writing session? Are you scheduling? Well, I mean, I do it every day. I don't know what you mean. Like, are you mean like during a time of day? Yeah. Do you set aside like a, a certain number of hours? No, I'm going after a word count. Gotcha, gotcha. And so, you know, sometimes I fail. <laughs> sure. But I have a, a bunch of things that are on my list of, uh, how do I put it? There are a bunch of things that I am, quote unquote, not allowed to do until I've finished my words for the day. Got so, it. like, I'm not allowed. These are self-inflicted rules. And obviously, uh, of course, I violate them <laughs> from time to time. But <laughs> I'm pretty good at following them. I'm not allowed to watch TV or any other video entertainment until I've finished my words. You know, there's a bunch of stuff that I like to do that's fun that I can soak up hours doing. And I make a rule that I'm not allowed to do any of that until I finished my. You know. Sure. Do you have a most productive time of day or place to get your writing done? Yeah. Evenings seem to be when I'm most productive, which when I first quit my day job to go full time on writing, I thought I would, you know, write during the day, just like at the same time I used to work. But I found that I don't know if it's because it's what I got into a habit of or, or what, but I, I'm just much more productive. I'm much better at writing in the evenings, maybe because that's when I did all my writing before, because mm. it was always, you know, my leisure time activity. It was I, I, wor I worked all day, then I'd come home and write in the evenings. 
Yeah. Maybe that's just what I'm used to. I don't know. But that I seem to be a night writer. Interesting. And do you have an office or do you like to get out into, into like a coffee shop type of a setting? I don't have a home office set up. I've got a desk in the corner of my living room with my computer on it. And that's where I do my writing. I do have a spare bedroom upstairs that I could make into a home office, but it's really hot up there. <laughs> I don't have central air conditioning in my place. And so I like to be downstairs. As for going out into the world, I, I can't do that. I need to be alone in a room when I'm writing or there's just too many distractions. Yeah. I'm kind of a social guy. I'll talk to people. If I'm in a coffee shop, I'll talk to the you know, strangers at the, de- at the table next to me, you know? <laughs> And even worse, when I'm writing, when I'm doing dialogue, I really want to say the dialogue out loud to see how it flows, to see how it works. You know what I mean? Yeah, good trick. So I'll do the, I'll actually, I will say a conversation, both parts of a conversation or whatever. So anybody watching me write would think that was schizophrenic or something. (laughs) And so I wouldn't be able to do that if I was out in public and that would really not work for me. Cool. So when you're really getting into it and getting into a flow, do you like to stick on some headphones, listen to music, or you prefer silence? It's got to be silence. I can, depending on the writing I'm doing, I can sometimes listen to instrumental music, but if it's got words, I can't, I I can't do it. My brain is busy parsing the lyrics Mm. instead of working on the sentences. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just, I don't know how people can work and listen to lyric music at the same time. And for the most part, even just instrumental music is too much of a distraction when I'm trying to really think and put together stuff. When I'm doing, I don't know, less intensive writing, like when I'm writing a pitch or when when the individual like words aren't as critical, when it's not like, ooh, every sentence has to count and, and flow nicely, when it's less important, then I can listen to instrumental. Nice. So do you believe in writer's block? You know, I don't know if everybody has the same definition of what that is. I have never had a problem coming up with stories or directions that a story could go or, you know, what the characters are going to do next. I've never had that problem. My problem is always motivation. Like, I know, you know, what I need to write next. I know what I need to do. I just got to get off my lazy ass and do it, you know? (laughs) So I never get, if you define writer's block as, you know, deciding which way the story is going to go from here or coming up with a good idea, no, I don't get that. But if you define it as being too damn lazy to actually write, then yeah, I get that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Just a quick pause to mention that The Writer Files is brought to you by the Rainmaker platform, the complete website solution for content marketers and online entrepreneurs. Find out more and take a free 14-day test drive at rainmaker.fm slash platform. Let's seg into your workflow a little bit. What hardware are you presently working on? I have a Windows machine. I use Microsoft Word. I guess that's software, not hardware. It's not a laptop. It's a tower. It's really old and out of date, and I should update it, and I will. <laughs> like, I bought a laptop a little while ago, and it's way better and more powerful than my main computer in every way, so it's kind <laughs> of silly. that my, You know, the laptop is for when I'm traveling, but it's, like, better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Microsoft Word is your is kind of your go-to software then for, for yeah, writing? Yeah, you pretty much have to once you're in the industry because, well, actually, I wrote The Martian in OpenOffice, hmm. OpenOffice Writer. Yeah. And it was fine. I mean, I like OpenOffice. It was fine. And I also think that Word is very, I think they're both very good word processors. Thing is, Word has like 
excellent collaborative editing features. Yeah. Like, you know, commenting on things and, and doing it. It's just like, it's better than any, any other product at that or that I know of. Sure. And it's what the whole industry uses. So, yeah. you know, I would send my editor a draft in open office and he'd send me back his comments, having converted it to a word doc. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's just the way it is. So if you're, if you're going to be a pro, you're going to use word and that's not that bad. It's a good solid. There's a reason it's dominating. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Hugh Howey was on the show a few weeks back and he had recently posted a, a blog post showing the collaborative <laughs> comment or track changes from one of his manuscripts and how, how unorthodox the conversation he and his editor were having back and forth. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's pretty funny because no, um, I, I haven't seen that. He and his editor apparently talk quite a bit of smack to one another, which is very funny. I'll link to it in the show notes. Or are they actually angry? <laughs> I think it's I think it's for comedic effect for sure. They've been oh, okay. doing yeah, it together. My, my editor and I, uh, we don't go too many levels deep in the um, in the comments. Like we'll go one or two levels deep. If we have to go any deeper, we talk on the phone. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any best practices for beating that procrastination? Just the rules that I was talking about earlier, like, uh, you know, say like, okay, I'm going to have a set number of words per day. And um, until I've accomplished that, I'm not allowed to watch TV. I'm not allowed to watch this or that. I'm not allowed to play games. I'm not, you know, there's this big long list of things that I'm not allowed to do until I've finished my words. And I'm pretty good at enforcing that. It's hard to force myself to work, but it's easier to deny myself things I want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. That helps. There was another thing I was going to say, and dang it, what was it? I did skip over a question okay. about organization and, and just kind of, you know, I mean. That's funny that you, you know, asked the questions and out of order and <laughs> the one that you missed was the one about organizing things. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. I'll have that edited out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but so do you have any organizational hacks or, or kind of methods? And, and it seems like you're a pretty methodological person. Do you have anything that you can offer other writers as kind of tricks? Well, I don't know if this is useful to anyone else, but I have like some tricks. First off, of course, I make note of all my research, like anything, any useful information, I, I take notes on it in just a separate file. So any story I'm writing will be in its own folder, right? And in that folder will be a file called stuff, you know, stuff.doc or stuff.docx. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll, it'll just have like, you know, when I'm like, okay, I need to look up this information here. And I'm going to, you know, I spend an hour or so researching. I make notes in my stuff file about it so that I can refer to them later. And I'll keep track of all the URLs that were useful to me when I was researching it. Nice. So that, you know, in 10 minutes when I freaking forget all of it, <laughs> I'll be able to refer back to that stuff file. Also, since I do a lot of math and double check things in math, I end up with lots of spreadsheets. And their Excel is really handy for when you're kind of like groping around with math, looking for an answer. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, how do you unplug at the end of a long day of writing? Oh, I forgot. Uh, what, one thing I wanted to say, uh, the, the thing that I had forgotten earlier on yes. how, how I motivate myself. So, a great writer, and I can't remember his or her name. I, uh, I, I just completely blanked on who it was. But they said, sometimes you're writing and you're extremely motivated. You're just like cranking out words, you're doing well. And other times it's just like a slog. It's like every word on the page is like this huge amount of work for you. And you feel like crap. You feel like you're just, you know, just hammering away and it's just constant effort and it doesn't feel good at all. Yeah. One thing you'll notice is if you wait a week and then look back on the stuff you wrote, you can't tell the difference between when you were motivated and when you weren't. Hmm. So it's really important to remember, and this helps me a lot, it's really important to remember that the quality of your work isn't greatly affected by the amount of enthusiasm you had at the moment you wrote it. That seems to be the case. And I checked, and it's, it's true. I mean, I can be like, oh, I remember when I wrote this, I wasn't very motivated. But it's fine. It's no better and no worse than this stuff I wrote earlier when I was really excited. So that helps you, or it helps me, when I'm sitting down at my computer and I'm in that mode when it's a slog. And I'm like, ugh. God, this is just torture. I'm just like shoving. I'm just gutting this out. <laughs> I'm just grinding my way through. Yeah. And it's good to remind myself. I'm like, well, I'm grinding my way through, but I'm, I'm doing something useful. This isn't like I'm not just writing crap that I'm going to throw away later. This is good, you know, content. So that can be helpful to remember that. It's like you're yeah. accomplishing things. That is a great reminder. And I wish I could remember the author that said that, but I don't. Okay. So circling back to the unplug question, how do you unplug at the end of a long day? Mostly I just need time. I need time between writing and going to bed. That's like an hour or so to kind of like not think. I tend to shower at night. And so that's a good thing I'll usually do is I'll, I'll take a shower, do all that, kind of like plop down in my uh, recliner, get a cat or two on my lap, and then then watch DVR TV shows that I wasn't allowed to watch because <laughs> earlier because I hadn't finished my words, you know? Nice. Just be entertained instead of entertaining. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's funny how many writers say that very same thing, that they go from this writing the stories to, like, you know, reading or... or uh, Becoming a consumer. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. I don't even get to read for pleasure that much anymore. Well, I was going to say that other writers have also said that, you know, they get their best ideas in the shower. A lot of people say this. Oh, yeah, me too. So are, they, are you then <laughs> having to write things down? No, I never have to write things down, but I definitely do come up with a lot of good ideas on showers. Another thing is um, in the daytime, I like to take long walks. Nice. I take walks in part for exercise. Yeah. It's about the only exercise I get. I've got kind of crappy knees. I can't really jog. And I, I just enjoy it. And so I get a lot of writing done or a lot of conceptualizing done while I'm on those walks. Said many a famous author. Yep. <laughs> it's good. Well, it, it like it forces you to think in a way because it's like you're not around on your computer. You're not staring at a TV. You're just like out and walking and your brain has nothing to do but think about stuff. <laughs> that's right. That's right. 
There is nothing truly as rejuvenative for creativity like a long walk and a hot shower. Thanks for joining us for the first half of this tour through the writer's process. The second half will be published next week. For more episodes of The Writer Files, or to leave us a comment or question, just drop by writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter, at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Catch you next week.